0: All right, Lawyer Talk. Off the record, on the air, yet again. What is today's date, anyway? February 21st. 21st. 21st, February 21. We have another guest. But before we get to the guest, you know, I always do this at the end, and I'm going to do this part now. Those who are enjoying the content day in and day out, week in and week out, all the great stuff you see on YouTube, all the great stuff you're getting on your podcast feeds, not only from Lawyer Talk, but also comedians on South High and all the other great shows coming out of Channel 511. All you got to do is go to Channel511.com, scroll down you will see the Patreon icon, and you, too, can become a Patreon. That means you can just agree to donate so the content can continue to stream and flow in your direction for your listening and viewing pleasure. Now, that said, we do have a guest, uh, another lawyer. It's rare that we actually have a lawyer here, or is it rare? I don't even know. Last, last several guests have not been attorneys. Freaking lawyers, man. Uh, Mike Moran. Mike, how you doing this morning, man? I'm great. Great (laughs) to be here, Steve. Thank you. you Thanks for coming, Mike. Thank you, Jeff. It's like everybody, I I always ponder this. Oh, we got to guess. And Jeff's like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, I don't know, man. I guess uh, guns and law. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to talk about? I don't know. Well, there's much more to talk about. So, Mike, tell me about. We got your some politics campaign. stuff. Yeah, on. we got on. some political stuff. Well,
1: you know, guns and beer uh, made this country great. Samuel
0: Adams, brewer, patriot, right? So yeah. Yeah. Let's talk guns and law today.
1: Yeah, guns I and like law. It.
0: All right, right on. Which is appropriate, right? You've been helping. This came. This came about, and of course, we've hit guns now the last two weeks. Why? Because it's on my mind. I am getting ready to argue in the Ohio Supreme Court, State versus Weber, and uh, we are going to. Uh, we're going to raise some good issues. We're going to discuss some good issues and see if we can settle some Second Amendment law up in the Ohio Supreme Court. Uh, and, Mike, you you obviously have a huge – you have a bigger background in this area than I ever imagined. And I called you just to get your thoughts on it. And, boy, we talked for almost two hours. Um, So how would you get into the guns? I guess I have that genetic defect that you
1: know my dad put a had, we had a gun hanging on the wall in my house you know an old flintlock Kentucky rifle 45 caliber replica that was freaking beautiful right with like yeah. made out of bowl of wood and, and octagonal blued steel and and when you, when you see that stuff as a kid I guess it gets in your blood so it,
0: it is sort really of
1: cool yeah and you you know you go to Boy Scout camp and they throw a 22 rifle in your hands and you plink with it and say okay this is all right and um, just Always had the bug for guns and then when I got to college, you know, my buddies I had I had a group of guys, the cohort I hung of guys I hung around with that were fraternity brothers and other guys I knew, we all You know, you go to college in rural southeast Ohio in the 80s, and (laughs) they close the only movie theater in Marietta, Ohio, and blow the bridge up to West Virginia, and you got to drive 20 minutes out of your way just to go to Parkersburg to have a good time. You learn to make your own good times on the Ohio side of the river, and and that involves uh, shooting guns. No, I hear
0: you, man. So you're from Marietta?
1: I'm from Toledo. I grew up in another river town of Maumee, Ohio, on the Maumee Maumee. River Valley. But you went to school in Marietta. I did. I went to Maumee Public High School and then went to Marietta College in 86.
0: I looked at Marietta College in 1980. I graduated high school in 88 and I, uh, I did a college visit down there. I Ended up at the College of Worcester. Oh, yeah. There you go. Another OAC school. Yeah. Good education. A good education. It was, uh, you know, the football was what it was. But anyway. Uh, couldn't be worse than Marietta. In 1984,
1: <laughs> we made Sports Illustrated for losing us football program in NCAA history.
0: Maybe that's what they were trying to oh. agree Really? Yeah. Right on. Oh, wow. Right on. Got some right. press. Wow. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Got yeah. some all press. Got some all, press. All,
2: got some press. Fake say, news, you man. You know what I mean?
1: Fake news. They they ignore the D3,
3: man. They're victims. All press yeah. is good press, they say. So. Yeah.
0: So, you know, guns... It, it That's was, it. Oh, there's a, a flint lock. Yeah, That's so. exactly a flintlock. That's exactly,
1: very much a flintlock with very much... Now I'm trying to remember the double trigger. That's not... Why would it have all the right, double so trigger? All right, so here's what we're looking at. We oh, have on the
0: screen, uh-huh. in the background, Jay Simons throwing up all the stuff, so we're looking at a, a flint guy. lock. Yeah. Uh, and you know what that is? That's called a set trigger. Yes,
1: Um, and it's a set trigger. That's right. You would. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because the triggers were so touchy and delicate. Yeah, it's like a hair trigger. It's under a half pound. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah. So a set trigger. That's right.
0: Uh huh. You know what else is interesting to me, Mike? You also, and maybe this is even more fascinating for purposes of what we're doing. You're you actually preside over a court, and uh, up in some mayor's court, right? Judge.
1: I, I, I'm a magistrate. I'm an appointed mayor's court magistrate, which, you know, Ohio, it's it's our only, it's a court not of record, actually. Yes. A court not of record that disposes of misdemeanor criminal and traffic
0: cases. We That's should right. probably kick that around. You know, Central Ohio is sort of unique in that regard, isn't it? The mayor's courts, not all areas are not all big... Populous areas around Ohio actually have mayor's courts, and and we do. There's a story behind it.
1: Steve, you're absolutely right. They're the refuge of the police prosecutor courts back in the day, the magistrates' courts, old school justice of the peace and magistrates' courts that were operating the JPs here in this state. And then that was like in the general code, the old general code. And then when they revised the code, it survived in Title 19, and they stuck 1905 in there to to account for those and then just sort of— if you look in the code, you'll see where they've rescinded a bunch of statutes. If you go back and look back, that's what they were.
0: And and there was some deal cut. My dad knows the story, but there was some deal cut between the governor and, and probably the FOP. I don't even know. But somebody cut a deal to keep the mayor's courts alive.
1: Had to be under Governor Rhodes for it was sure. Old Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, it had it was to be old Rhodes. Rhodes. First yeah. Rhodes, first tour.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you bet. But I remember, uh, and if you go back to the Justice of the Peace, that goes way back to old English common law stuff. Yeah, didn't
1: oh, exactly. You got that right. Oh the cross pistols that's awesome so actually keeps if, you visual, if you want a good visual if you want a good visual pop-up u.s army military police corps their regimental insignia is is the cross all
0: pistols right. the cross flintlocks all right so here's what we got to do so we got jay back there now he's throwing stuff up that's awesome but you know what everybody listening can't see that yeah true well, we need to have video rolling we yeah. don't i, I wish yeah. we had that capability no. Wait, there's a camera up there. We got video. Well, we do have the capability. We're just not hitting it <laughs> now, right? Kidding. So anybody who wants to come to the studio. So can mayor's court stay, or is there?
2: A, a, do you have to have a population in or out when you get too big excellent, of a population? Excellent can, question. Can we go out of there?
1: Yeah, so what happens is anywhere where a community statutorily has a municipal or county court with jurisdiction, there can be no uh, mayor. or No, where it's a, a city that has a court housed in it cannot have a mayor's court. Okay. okay. So like Columbus couldn't have a mayor's court because they got municipal court. Right. But Gahanna, the court isn't in Gahanna, so Gahanna can have its own mayor's court. So yeah. under home rule. That's on like Westerville, right? They yeah, got you got Westville. Westerville. But you're right, Steve, to your point. Growing up in Toledo, I'd never even heard of a stinking mayor's court until I came to Southern Ohio, and then I'm yeah. like, what are these things?
3: Yeah, <laughs> But right? you have an actual courthouse, which is nice.
1: Like it, the looks old like, it, it looks like... Isn't awesome? Cool. I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. I'm like, it mm-hmm. actually looks like a courthouse. There you, there you go. There's the MP Corps, right? All right. Gotta love it. Yeah, so... Yeah, the, you go
3: to some of these mayor's courts, though, and it's like a trailer. They just threw a trailer up. Oh, New Rome. No, Rome. Cli- or new Rome. New Rome. New Rome. Or Marble Cliff. Uh, marble Cliff. Falling Rock.
1: Fall- falling south. Rock. You've been to so Falling Rock or Hanging Rock?
3: I've heard stories. I don't think I've actually hanging been there Rock, before. It's Hanging Rock.
1: Or Hanging, rack. Falling hanging Rock. Falling Rock's a Boy Scout camp. No, no,
0: no Hanging yeah. Rock is as close <laughs> to Mayberry as you get. Because what happens is you're on, what is that, 52 that cuts yes, through there?
1: that cuts along the river, so yeah. I'm
0: on 52, and I, I take a hunting trip uh, down to Kentucky every year, and I'm coming back from that hunting trip. I cross the bridge, and I'm on 52.
1: <laughs> the bridge is a little scary, too. Yeah. It's the skeletal one. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: And it dro- <laughs> the speed limit was, to my surprise, 65. I thought there's no way it was a 65, <laughs> but it was. So I was cruising along at 65, and without even thinking about it, I kept cruising along at 65. Well, somewhere along the way, there was like a half-concealed uh, reduced <laughs> speed ahead yeah. sign that, that dropped it down to either 60 or 55. And I can't believe like it. It. Yeah. it! It's on an air, yeah. air shock. Yeah. You can see a Roscoe behind the, and it's uh, only for like a hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> like right, and they pulled very, me over. Like, Do you know? What? And I had to pay. I had, spin- I had the, the cruise on. That guy that pulled me over, and he's like, "Do you know I pulled you over?" And I was like. I'm guessing by your uniform that I'm in Hanging Rock and somehow the speed limit is not 65 here? Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. Like, he's like, well, that's yeah, that's exactly Please right. Report do you realize you were going trailer. 66 miles an hour? I was like, yeah, I know, because that's what it was, the speed limit. <laughs> and uh, he gave me the ticket anyway. I, and, of course, you can. Um, there was a way to, uh, to resolve it without a conviction. All we had to do was go down there and pay a big chunk of money and yeah. uh, and and buy it off. But New Rome was notorious around. Right? Remember going out there, oh my like God. up in their little trailer, and there'd be somebody like smoking cigarettes and cut your plea deals or do whatever. Yeah, yeah it was, There's uh, a
3: trailer by the golf course in the Meerfield in isn't there. What? What city is that?
1: Oh, that's um, Shawnee Hills. Shawnee On the other side of the river. Yeah. Other yeah, side yeah. of the river, absolutely. They're the only other, actually, there are only two mayor's courts in Delaware County I found out that are operational right now us and Sunbury Village, and we're almost a city. We'll be a city next year. When they oh, will, is that right? Oh, yeah. They're over 5,000 already now. Um, And so we'll be a city, which means unionization of the police force. A lot of things are going to change at that yeah. point. Mm. I mean, you'll see more professionalism, higher wages, higher taxes. I mean, every everything changes when you become a city. I mean, it's old school up there. But Shawnee Hills is the only other mayor's court in the county that's running, and then everybody goes downtown.
2: Yeah. yeah My
1: good buddy lives down there He loves it.
3: I mean, he loved, there, there's that new... I can't remember what road you're cruising in on, but there's a lot of new houses 36? coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right, he lives in that area. Yeah. Yeah, he loves
1: it. Yeah. yeah, and they've annexed all the way out to 71. They actually have land in Sunbury west of 71 and south of McDonald's, if you can believe it. Is oh, that really? right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It was a whole different—I grew up out there, went to Big Walnut High School yeah. out there. Yeah, and, Big uh, None of that—it was a different world. You drive up there now, there's just houses growing everywhere it you still had live.
3: mud flats, so. though.
0: Uh, my, they didn't
2: have the Firehouse Tavern, right? That place is no, pretty good. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have
0: mudflats. It, it was, was a different it name. It, it, was, was it was called uh, the... Captain,
2: uh, Captain's Cove? It was, there was a Captain's Cove, but before that, it was before something that else. something else. I like knew it was a a Captain Cove. Yeah. Sunbury
0: was, uh, Grill looks like it has been there for a while. Sunbury Grill's been there since I was... The, my earliest memories the Sunbury grill In the strip Sunbury mall? The no, Sunbury you're, grill you're talking in about in the square. You're talking about... In the square. that summer. Okay. Yeah, I had breakfast here one morning. It's good. Yeah, it's no, it's it's, it's your fine. typical yeah. greasy spoon diner. Yeah, and then you yeah. had uh, yeah. a
1: good greasy spoon is the best. It's the they best. are the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the company, the food, it's all it's all good stuff.
1: Okay, now how about this? Who's been to Athens, Ohio? I have
0: Athens. been to I have been to Athens. Yeah, the
1: best diner in the state, without question, is the Union
0: St- Union Street
1: Diner, Athens, Ohio. The Union Street Diner. Oh, God, I've never yes. been there. Every time I go down to court there, I always stop at the Union Street. 24-hour sure breakfast, that. the place is, is that. Awesome. Is that the one that looks like an old diner? No, that's on Court Street, and that is okay. another diner. That's not near as good. The Union Street diners on mm-hmm. Union Street down congress and then out union about a couple blocks it's real good okay. it's near downtown i saw it's that there.
3: one packed out when yeah. i was there last yeah it was. Yeah, a lot of don't, be don't be fooled
1: don't be fooled go over to union street they're much okay. more efficient they locally source their food it's good stuff check well i think out. the folks
3: i saw coming in and out of there was a friday morning so we had probably Thirsty Thursdays. I think they were just looking for anything to put in their bellies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah they're not
1: discriminating <laughs> at OU in that regard.
3: Yeah.
0: What is it, what's the big party night down there, I wonder? Is it th- probably is Thursday. Thursday was I mean, like Friday in college. Oh, or you or was, want yeah. to tell you, Jeff? No, oh, no, no, no.
3: But Thursday was a big one. I went to a school, uh, St. Ambrose University, a Catholic school in Davenport, Iowa. Oh, my Iowa gosh. Iowa Cities. Yeah. Or Iowa. Um, Home of they Palmer. Call that? Quad Cities. Quad Cities, yeah. Home of uh, Palmer College of Chiropractic. Yes. Yes. And in fact that that's crazy you just pulled that out. Yeah, that is like I don't know what they're rated but that's like a super Oh no, that's good the original. It's, it's chiropractic. It's Harvard. School. It's Harvard. Because yeah. I remember meeting people at the bar and that was yeah. that was the thing. Were like, they
1: adjusting each other doing bar like, adjusting? Yeah, Chiropractors like, they get drunk, oh, they like to do bar adjusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, they start rubbing on each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah. Sounds <laughs> safe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was the head of the state yeah. chiropractic board. So back in the day I used to regulate really? that stuff. Yeah. It was pretty wild. All right,
0: so tell me about that. are you you're not a chiropractor, are you?
1: No, but I played one on TV. Good enough.
0: I'm a lawyer. I can do what you do, but you can't do what I do. I can criticize
1: what you do because I majored in sports med for two years at Marietta before I said, no, I'm not doing general chemistry and calculus.
0: Yeah, isn't it crazy that I was precluded from lots and lots of interesting things because I just refused to do the math? Me too.
1: I'm, I'm proud of the fact I got out of undergraduate college without completing a math class. I fully weaseled.
0: I, com- I did not complete a math class. I started one. I quickly realized it was beyond the uh, pale of what the work I was willing to put in as a freshman in, in school. And yep. They, yep. they then created these math and science checkboxes like energy sources I took. I remember that. And you yeah. know, a couple little things that were for the history guys to get through the math required. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. When yeah. I started here, you would quickly like be like, "Here's driving people to
3: Just figure that thing out. Like 180 days from just just do it. Like I don't want to deal with that." You guys,
1: timeanddate.com, time and yeah. date. <laughs> date. that's the put one. Put it huh? in your phone. Time and yeah. date. I use it at Maris Court. I swear to God for yeah. and I do it in my law office for calculating statutes limitations on PI cases, and then I print it out and I docket it, in, and then I put it mm-hmm. in my file to cover my ass. Yeah, so gotcha. that if I screw up. I say, hey, the internet told me it was right. It must be right. Because this
0: month we got an extra day, 29. There you go, brother. That's exactly right. It's It's a year. It is.
1: I once lost a suppression motion as a prosecutor in Licking County Muni Court because a certain judge who will remain nameless, who's retiring, thank God. No, I know. um, Anyway, um, he Mm -hmm. dinged me because I couldn't prove that we'd taken the breath test within two hours of arrest. Oh, back then, two hours. Yeah, Yeah, it was a two-hour rule, and he got me. It was spring ahead, fall back, and he wouldn't give me credit for that. He threw threw the test out, and then asked me to dismiss the case when the defense lawyer got up to talk to his client, and I said, no, I think that we took a drunk off the road who was dangerous driving off the road, so I'll see him Monday at trial, and he he was enraged. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what you get. He actually had the nerve to suppress my evidence and then tell me I should dismiss the case when he knew the guy was guilty. And I said, absolutely not. I've got enough other evidence. Do you remember who the defense attorney was? I absolutely do. It was Luther
0: Mills. Luther, Luther Mills. Mills yeah. He's
1: deceased now. Deceased. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Luther used to yeah.
0: uh, practice with Steve. Well, we don't need to go into names. Yeah.
3: Back. So here's something we were talking about. You can probably answer this for us. We were talking about this the other day. Now, in Columbus, when I cut deals like on a speeding ticket, it used mm-hmm. to be when I started out, I could do like window tint. Legal muffler, fictions. make stuff up. Legal right? fictions. Mm-hmm. Some of the mayor's courts still
1: do it. Do you see that ever? Um, trying to resolve cases that way? I will sign off on it as long as it doesn't offend the conscience. Um, it is never... the. the the city attorney's office about 10 or 12 years ago, like when I got started in this business 25 years ago, we did it all the time, right? Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you can make, you know, yeah. Filoni's assault spitting on the sidewalk if yeah, you wanted right. to, right? right? These guys got some burr up their butt about some... Supreme Court case out of Iowa Iowa, that said it like engendered, you know, corruption and bad thoughts in the public when they see these things happening and it makes the legal system look bad and you shouldn't create legal fictions basically. And based on that, they changed their entire prosecutorial philosophy to prohibit creating legal fictions. There had to be, it had to be
0: a basis in the facts. What nonsense? Because, you know, for what, 200 and some years, stuff was going on like this without Plus, you can stipulate facts, can't you? Yeah, can you create facts? Yeah. If I started stipulated? taking pictures
3: of my because a lot of our clients. Come, I did the other day. I went yeah. outside. Yeah. I was like, "You still got that loud car?" He's like, "Yeah, that doesn't even have a muffler on it." Mm-hmm. I'm like, Perfect. let's go take a picture of that. Yeah, <laughs> he got a speeding ticket. It's like it's not a legal fiction anymore. Look at this muffler. <laughs>
0: well, look, Mike, you've been on, but you've been on the bench. You've been yeah. doing defense stuff, and you've sure. done prosecutor stuff. So I have. I have this. I have this philosophy. Not even a philosophy. I have this guttural reaction when I hear the mm-hmm. words, I can't do that. It's my policy mm-hmm. not to do that. <laughs> I, I just start to I, – I, my blood boils because people say policy. I think a different P word. And ultimately <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's it's just it's a way for me. It's a way for people to sort of hide behind a real decision making discretion call. You know, it's like agreed. It's like all like when the ACT and the SAT became the the gold standard for college admittance it was like all right that just relieved everybody of the burden of actually having to think and make a good decision yeah Yeah. and and use their god-given discretion to do the right thing yep now it's just oh sorry it's my policy i know your guy has never been in trouble before he's 80 years old and he's got this speeding ticket. it's my policy i don't i don't do anything with speeding tickets
1: when i I hear shit like that i basically just want to say to prosecutors or i have said you know what if that's really true, then why do we even exist? Why don't we just have a little calculator or an IVR line? We punch up their right. age and date of birth good, and yeah.
0: everything. It's actually an interesting point. Take yeah. the yeah. humans out of it. It's make it fair. Of, it's yeah. sort of obvious, but it, it, it's very insightful to say. It's like, because what? Why do we do this? And then I, I just I talked to some uh, I don't know what she was studying to be social worker or something. She was in school. She called me. You get these calls sometimes where, hey, I'd like doing a project. Do you mind talking? She was up in northern Ohio somewhere. And uh, we got to talking and she wanted to know about drug sentencing and mandatory sentencing, et cetera. And I finally was just like, you know what? The General Assembly, with all due respect, they don't know what they're doing when they start dictating and mandating what the judges, the prosecutors and the defense lawyers should do with cases uh, day in and day out. I mean, the the fact is we have been doing this for hundreds of years uh, effectively without the General Assembly telling us what the sentence ought to be. It, yeah.
1: And the Constitution I think contemplates, I think, when you look at the whole body of case law about due process that yet you know, and cruel, unusual punishments and so forth, I mean, ten years, look at the federal sentencing guidelines. Look at the mandatory minimums in Title yeah. Twenty One yeah. and how absurd the results are we see as lawyers of people doing 10 years mandatory in prison for possession of a narcotic or being part of a conspiracy that may not have even touched a narcotic mm-hmm. and they just have touched money or or made phone calls or ran errands for someone and they're gonna do 10 years yeah. in prison they've never harmed a citizen directly yeah. I mean yeah. shouldn't we reserve prison for the people that really need to be locked up
0: well and this this is uh, I I've been doing a lot of reading on <laughs> on economics and, and 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 just sort of Forces, which is which has led me to this this notion of unintended consequences, because you know a good one that we t- we talked about at one point was the uh, sex offender registry. Oh All yeah. Right. Oh, so, and we
1: have an arson registry now too, right. and they're working on getting a John registry put together.
0: Right. Well, we great. have a violent offender registry
3: too. I, I use that for the first time.
1: Oh really, violent yeah. offender registry? Mm-hmm. It's like I thought it's, Leeds
3: was the violent offender registry,
1: right. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs>
3: I mean, it, it is just like sex offender registration. You go somewhere, you stay for longer than three days, you got to notify the sheriff, so, all the stuff.
1: So, so This guy got some
3: it. random kidnapping, and it was a jail fight. So this guy was like, I'm already going to prison. I'll just plead to whatever. And like, we're going to plead to the kidnapping because they pinned this guy in a cell and beat mm-hmm. him up. And I, they throw this thing at me and said, Have you dealt with this yet? And I look at the thing and I'm like, Violent offender registration? No. Maybe I should talk to him about that. Hmm. Well, so I think that came out of Reagan Tokes. I think it's are really right. Recent. Oh, I I think man. You're right. Yeah.
0: Which, which is like you, you get this situation where, all right, how many sex cases have we had that it would have been resolved except for the fact.
1: The registry. Right. Somebody yeah. has to register.
0: Yeah. And, and how many cases do you, have we had, like sex offender cases where somebody's had to register where I thought to myself, this is the dumbest thing in the world. This person is never going to this this isn't the person you want on a sex offender registry. And then you sort of get to this point where if you put everybody on the sex offender registry it's meaningless. It has no meaning. It's, it's gone. I mean, whatever the original yeah. purpose was yeah. which frankly was only to say, Hey, look, we're tough on sex offenses so yeah. we're just gonna look good politically. But it does nothing. I mean,
1: I think there was, a, to be fair to law enforcement, I think there was a school of thought that to some extent it became an investigative aid that if you could, if you had started seeing pattern sex crimes, which a lot of these guys are serial offenders that it would be a shortcut basically to be able to go there and start on a short list to round up the usual suspects Usually, right yeah. yeah you know and and so i credit that that is a rational
2: basis perhaps but they broadened it beyond the usual suspects it's pretty you, you've got you've got a kid that sent a dick pic and now he probably now, right. now he manufactured you know yeah, mean child pornography that's right so now you got 15 or 30 where it used yes. to be two people or three people so now you gotta look into all of that. You know, I mean, you, you kind of narrow it down. You want to well, keep we were, it within the realm. Well,
1: we were kids. They had Polaroid cameras. If you took a dick pic with a Polaroid yes. camera and showed it to your underage girlfriend, but nobody was going to prison. Now right. they're, they can federally right. prosecute you for that shit if they want to. Yeah, but yeah. you
0: know what? Even the, get back to that, even the law enforcement purpose. I'm just starting to. My, I just started to spin my brain on that. It's like, all right. Well, first of all, it's their job to go investigate people anyway, and sort of canvass the area and, and do what they're going to do. Um, And then I wonder how many investigations went the wrong way or time was wasted because of their looking at people on the registry as targets, as opposed to just saying, why don't we just go do what we normally do and figure it out? And then you get this other notion, like, how many cases have we resolved that did not result in sex offender convictions or even felony convictions because of that? So you've got a case that that I might have had a client who would have pled guilty to a GSI or gross sexual imposition or something, but just wouldn't. So we just you stand strong, go all the way to trial, and uh, you end up with a plea bargain uh, to something less or different than that. So yeah. now there's not even a sex offense on their record. Now, I, I'm, I'm sure the General Assembly did not intend that consequence.
1: That's a very um, interesting point, and I, I don't want to jack the, the show or the story, but I just prosecuted a guy that's a serial peeping Tom in the small village where I've been the law director solicitor for 23 sure. years. And, you know, I solve local problems. We have a mayor's court, a part-time police force. I mean, it's very Mayberry, right? Hartford, Ohio. So I have a guy that that has been a problem for years. He's been caught um, drunk, always outside someone's windows, looking in the windows. And he terrorized a young lady for five years where she could feel someone watching her. She finally had cameras installed and caught him. We've got him literally on camera peeping. Hmm. And he's not a master criminal. He has like this... <laughs> And then he's got a shirt up around his, his face. face like and then and then it falls down, and he looks right at the camera and walks away. I mean, so we get him. He has a very good local lawyer here on the case um, who you all know. And um, he ends up uh, – I, char- I throw the book at this guy because of his serial crimes, and it's going back 12 years. I'm embarrassed this woman's sure. been victimized. And so I f- throw the book at him. I charge him with a bunch of M- – I charge him with an M1 ag trespass, a voyeurism – because um, he actually said, and before I charged the voyeurism, I listened to the Cruiser audio where he said, I did it because I thought she was cute. And I'm like, well, there's your sexual motivation. Right. So this, guy, this guy's a you creep, know. right? Yeah, he's a creep. So I sh- threw the book at him. When it was coming down to plead him out, and the, the lawyer was smart and made the whole case about mitigation, he goes, we're not going to try the case. I said, okay, because I'd love to try this case, but okay. So he did a really good job on mitigation, and I said, I want a sex offender assessment, blah, blah, blah. He pled him to the voyeurism, but then we undid the plea at sentencing before sentencing. We ruled 32 or allowed him to withdraw it and set it aside because of the sex offender registry. Because it was guaranteed he would lose his job. He started crying at sentencing, and I said, Mr., you know what, I didn't do it for you. I did it for your wife and six-year-old kid who are going to lose their benefits Mm. if you lose your job. That's the only reason I did it. I think you're a creep and you deserve to go to jail, and I'd have thrown away the key for your crimes. But he got 45 days in in, uh, work release. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. the point is, and that's what I told him was the price of dropping the sex charges. He had to go do more jail time. Right. Well, so. and that's
0: that's fair enough. You exercise discretion, which I is did. awesome. Absolutely. I mean, hats off to you. Now, what if the General Assembly just said, look, we're not going to make the sex offender uh, registration mandatory on this group of offenses. We will we will leave it to the discretion of the court and or prosecutor. Uh, to ask for it and then have a hearing to see if it's warranted. I mean, why not just do yeah. that? Give people due process on it. And then With people, elected
1: officials who are accountable to the communities that elected them. Sure, you yeah. bet. So if you don't but have the them do is, an
0: SOA and have a hearing. I guess I would say this: mm-hmm. I have rarely Agreed. ran into Agreed. a a prosecutor who is corrupt in the sense that they're giving us better deals regularly than we should get, uh, or a judge who's who's sentencing sentencing more leniently than they yeah. should. So why does it, so when that does happen? Usually, there's a good reason for it. They're, the strength of evidence is, is a problem, or you know, the guy has got some mitigation that's important, or there's something else going on. But the General Assembly sees that as a statistic and says, you know what? We're just not gonna we're not gonna allow this anymore because we know better over here on the hill that uh, than these guys down there know, and we're just gonna make it so they can never do this again. And then they do, and what do we do? We just come up with another little. Twist or deal or something to get around it. Mm -hmm. Right. It just is, uh, I just hate that kind of stuff. I hate policies, I guess what I'm saying. And in some of those cases, you have prosecutors that are
3: saying, look, I don't, I don't, I'm not all high on putting him on the sex offender registration list, but it is what it is.
1: Right. So they, when, they say, I right. have that's to, that's so the have law. to. And have that's to. what I told the, you know, the defense lawyer. I'm like, look, I don't even like these registries. Right. I don't agree with them. I don't right. think they're effective. I don't think they serve their intended purpose for some of the reasons we've discussed here. But that's the law, and I really am not an activist prosecutor. I'm really a, a, a strict constructionist. I'm going to go ahead and say if he pleads to the voyeurism, he goes on the registry, tough crap. And I'm sorry yeah. about his luck, and he deserves it, but his wife and kid don't. So that's the yeah. only reason I, I flinched. Well, look what I'm going to do here.
3: You he should have made him do the STOP program, by the way. That would have really. Oh, my gosh. What one is that? The the sex, oh. uh, they have them all over. To, we but it it's, a, it's a program for counseling for if you've been convicted of a sex offense. It's not job school, is it? No, no,
1: that's no, a different one. I mean, yeah. this
3: is like months and months and months. Most of the time, it extends probation out to five years because it takes that long to complete the program. And they give you polygraph tests while it's going on. And they will try to revoke your probation if you don't successfully complete those polygraphs.
1: Actually, when I worked at the chiropractic board, we sent them out to one up in Cleveland that was for prof- doctors that were bent. And they used mm-hmm. to do penile plethysmography.
3: Whoa, that's a crazy word.
0: Plethysmography. What is that?
1: Plethys. Penile plethysmography is where a harness is applied to one's and 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 they flash pictures of things, various potentially yeah, sexually here, provocative yeah. oh, I've seen this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then if one right, measures one arousal up, yeah. based on galvanic sensitivity. Huh. Oh okay, my gosh. so if there's an electrical charge or blood pressure change, the one's, then you there there it
0: is a man a penile F or yeah oh, I got well they oh, they've advanced they do the circumference
1: then. with the mercury rubber electromechanical strain gauge sorry guys
0: uh, I mean talk about embarrassing all right so uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it is considered to be particularly sensitive at low arousal levels. All right. The most commonly reported methods of conducting penile plethysmography involve <laughs> measurement
1: What's our word for the day, Steve?
0: Penile involved a measurement of the circumference of the penis with a mercury in rubber or electromechanical strain gauge or the volume of the penis with an airtight cylinder or inflatable cuff at the base of the penis. Corporal <laughs> cavernova nerve penile plasmagraph uh, measures sentence. changes in response. Oh, to the vaginal photoplethysmograph. They oh, have a corresponding a device. Oh, yeah. A corresponding device in women vaginal is the vaginal photo. Photo
1: Yeah. I think there's some websites devoted to that, but that's another story.
0: All right. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want that. <laughs> well, the stop no. the stop
3: program doesn't utilize that, but no. man, I've had a couple of revocation so hearings. How, <laughs>
2: does that work? This isn't something that's still going on today, right? You, you this, know why, this, why they don't is, do is, it I anymore? Hope so no. I do mean, you know why they stopped
1: it? Because mm-hmm. of a federal law. It prohibited the possession of child pornography, and you had to have nasty shit to show sex offenders in order to make it effective. So now, like your psychologist, couldn't even possess the stuff to use that. So if it's being used, it's probably being done by the CIA, and that's it. This is my beef with – this
0: is my beef about the the, – we're right back on topic. But But pawgraph tests don't work. They're not. Oh, they're that's, a what, joke. that's what they're I'm saying. A joke. I have won so, I mean, every
1: appeal of police officers who've been turned down to get on the department that involved a polygraph. I've won in an administrative appeal in the last 15 years that I've been doing those. I've beaten Yeah. Them. yeah. I just had one where they said he was using countermeasures on the polygraph. He, he was employed. He didn't even say you failed. He said, I'm not even giving it to you. Or I'm not even scoring it's like, it because like he was thinking thinking, or, you're thinking yeah, you skipping exactly. rocks on a lake or something, yeah, something, something like that. It is, like that. It is yeah. such nonsense. on your mind and counting backwards. Oh, no, he said he was controlling his breathing, controlling his breathing. I had video that I pulled through public records counting his breaths, and then he did it with me, my client. I did a sworn affidavit that said this is what it says it is. The polygraph examiner lied in his report. He said he, hey, he was doing, oh, you know, six. He needed a polygraph. Yeah, he did. And, yeah, and he was an ex-Aliot. I mean, it was disgusting, well, but the, they're, the, they're voodoo.
3: The gist of the STOP program is at some point in the program, they will sit you down and say, have you disclosed all your right. transgressions? B- transgression, yeah. Or even your thoughts. I mean, people it gets, it gets swear. Thought. Like, right. I, yeah, yeah. I and then, nope, you're, you're showing deceit. You have one more chance. You're going to take it next week. If you mm-hmm. don't, we're submitting it to the court saying you didn't complete the program. And you're going to have to do it again. That's what they what? do. And you have to pay for Locally, it Locally here,
1: this, these yeah. judges well, are accepting ca- that? Well, the The last
3: one I just had was with Judge Hawkins, Mm -hmm. and he obviously had a lot of uh, involvement with the sex unit Mm -hmm. before he became a judge. Ah, And he said. Absolutely positive. If that's the only reason you're revoking him, I'm not revoking him because I don't believe in these machines. Polygraphs? Yeah. yeah. So you bring something else to me that says he's done something wrong,
1: so be it. But How can you? They're not admissible in court under the rules of evidence unless well, they're stipulated. Judges are
3: using them over there because ah. re- you know, of the revocation rev- purposes. Because yeah. RAV's rules of evidence don't apply. Yeah. No, yeah. It's,
0: still, it's still very questionable. <coughs> that whether you can throw somebody in prison based on the results of a polygraph is very questionable.
1: I, I would like to make case law on that. Well, they, they
2: like to do it all the time, though. He refused to take the polygraph test well right. and that's the, the countermeasures. Refused. that's right and, and that's, that's what they said
1: is he didn't participate in yes. it's like nonsense he did He answered all the guys questions the guy ran it three times on him yeah. I had another polygraph report from the year before run by a highway patrol examiner who treated him fairly and he was clear I mean he was fine on it what It was an the ap- voice and stress crazy. and uh, I always thought uh, once uh, you I've once you a do a
3: polygraph that on that once you polygraph somebody you can't just keep putting them on the machine there's, I thought there's, I thought you're only supposed to do it like once t- to an issue.
1: There is there is there is a lot of standards of ethics of different organizations, but again, there's no defi- there's since there's no regulation. Yeah, yeah, he's going through a no hire for a police force. Correct. Is what is, is yes, what pre-employment? We're, 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 yeah. Yes. Pre-re- versus what they call those are called specific issue polygraphs, the kind you're talking about, like this, where you're screening a sex offender to say. Did you do this to Nancy or whatever? So, what kind of
3: questions they ask the cops, like when they're trying?
1: Oh, to- you ought to! Oh my God, Columbus was notorious. The, oh, you can. This is a bonding experience for anyone who's a cop or ever had a polygraph. It's like, so what did you say when they asked you about the sex with the animals question? <laughs> 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 oh no they're they're very intrusive i mean they get really to, oh yeah they used to ask about sexual practices oh yeah, yeah. i mean can, these guys it, i had a friend that took that had the FBI nothing one. to do with a job Really? i was gonna yeah. say
0: can you imagine what the fbi was like she, the, she took it and she said there was
3: the one she told me about was anal sex that they asked her specifically about the have you ever engaged in that
1: um sounds like the examiner's personal like, interests probably Trump. it's oh, crazy easy. do you yeah. mean
3: sober have you ever engaged in sodomy Sodomy. Yeah.
1: The British Navy, 1830-1870. Rum, lash, and sodomy. Yeah. <laughs> rum, the lash. But and sodomy. yeah, I can't imagine what they, what, how deep they dig. <laughs> they don't want to be digging deep. They just have
3: to listen to a couple episodes of this and say they don't want that guy. They don't want that. Force people a criminal enterprise.
1: I pulled a, I pulled a report on an officer at a law enforcement, a state law enforcement agency within the last 12 months. And specifically, I know what to ask for and ask for his polygraph reports, polygraph examiners notes, polygraph pre-questionnaire, polygraph post-interview report, everything. And this guy admitted that he masturbated in the men's room at his current job. Every day, he would go to lunch and lock himself this in the cop? men's room. This cop admitted this on the polygraph. And I had this, and I was foaming at the mouth to go to trial, because I had dirt on every one of the cops from their polygraph files and was excited huh. to go My to trial. Gosh. And they ran up a white flag so quick. It was so hmm. fun. Well, it took about four months. of pull. They drug their feet. By the time I pulled all the records, the prosecutor told me, I never want to see you again.
3: <laughs> it's like the wolf from <laughs> Wall Street. Next, it is. That's what I was thinking, too. You know? We need to do that next time, though. We need to talk to him. When We yeah. have a rev on something like that. You I mean, know, it sounds like you know exactly what to, Anytime what to you've request. got an officer
1: credibility issue, the first thing I ask my clients is, here's all the discovery. Read it. I want you to annotate every word of it. If any of it is nonsense, I want you to highlight it and make notes on it. We're going to go over it. And then I talk to him and say, is the report accurate or not? 90% of the time, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much how it went down. Well, yeah, there's one or two things. I don't think I said that, but it's like, okay. Yeah. But if they go, no, this is made up, this is trumped up, that's when I go, I want the officer's file, I want starting with everything he ever did from when he breathed, and then yeah. I crawl up as, you know what, and find a home, and then we say, okay, you're a liar, we're going to prove you're a liar, and you're going to be on the Brady list then. Yeah. it could be the
2: yeah. Brady, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, no. There's uh, we've done that before. We've had some interesting things we found. Like, how did this guy get this job with some of the, right? some of the disclosures? Oh yeah, it's like my yeah. goodness. To, your,
1: to my point, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is a little weird. When I read that one, I'm like, okay, this overall picture of this guy is I wouldn't have hired him.
0: Yeah. as I would not. Well, right. sex one thing, yeah. but
3: we had like disclosures, drug, of dealing.
0: drug dealing,
3: right, like stuff like that. Caught, like, got, got,
0: got, we had a, we, we had a case involving a, 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 a cop put the arm on our client on tape. You know, it was on surveillance at, at a store and uh, then ended up arresting him and charging him with all sorts of stuff. And we just requested it. It was like what you said. Our client was like, look, no way. This did this. What I'm reading here yeah. did not happen. This is not what I said. It is not what I did. It is, it, it, of course, some of it happened back in the green room or whatever. You know, yeah, right. Or or but it's says, like disorderly
3: conduct. Yeah. He caused all this annoyance and alarm. Oh, yeah, 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 and then we're yeah. watching the video and everybody's just. Walking along, right.
0: nobody's even looking over yeah. at what they're talking about. So we get the. I subpoenaed the file. I was like, "Screw it, then we're going to trial. Get the file." And it, this is on an MM disorderly, right? So yeah. It's oh like, yeah. You know, yeah. Right on. Like, yeah. Like, no, like,
3: they didn't want to try it wherever it was, and then they got transferred to another county. Uh, and man, that was a mess. Well, and then the, out- the new county prosecutor took one look at the, what we had, and she was like, "I'm done with it."
0: Well, look, here's <laughs> what was interesting, though. The 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 cop had on in his employment file. Uh, both pre and maybe even after he was hired as a cop, he was dealing marijuana I mean he yeah, was at a he yeah. was at a house that was under surveillance that admitted. had a, that had to grow and admitted yeah. it and was part of it and they kept him on and then you know then the prosecutors I'm not gonna mention where we were even in Ohio, but um it was like they, they were people were talking to us like, come on guys, can't you guys won't you guys just plead to this so you know everybody mo-, and we're looking at I was like, no, sorry guys, you know no Our, this didn't happen like this this is this is nonsense this is b s and they, they got really offended that we wouldn't just tell our client to plead guilty to get this over with somehow. And I'm like, yeah. I can't. And eventually, you know, they, they got transferred out of the locality where it was, and it ended up in a different locality, and it was summarily dismissed in yeah. like five minutes. Yeah, You know, we showed up at one court, they're like, yeah, we're dismissing. <laughs> Cooler heads prevailed, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: hey, when a prosecutor gets his but ego But if you engaged, didn't have somebody doing that work for you, he's getting stuck. He's getting stuck. Many citizens get stuck.
1: And that is an unfortunate byproduct of our justice system, because as much as I admire law enforcement, good cops, and guys that keep people safe, there are some bad ones, and we run into them in this business, and we need to get rid of them. And, you know, like this Brady stuff, I mean, I just spent four months waiting for the Brady list from Columbus. I asked for the Brady list What is the Brady list? It's the list of bad cops, but it's the list of cops that have been disciplined administratively in a way where it's been revealed that they have questions of their credibility, usually of honesty, but also of things like what he said, what Steve said about criminal activity or other things that would undercut their credibility to testify and under the Constitution, under the Giglio case and so on. If you have information in your files in the police department or anywhere in the state, basically, if the government has possession of information, it says this cop is a liar they're required to staple that to every freaking discovery they ever hand out on so every he case can, he can he can still
2: be a police He'd officer. He can still be a cop, but he's worthless, but basically, because like, he's, yeah. he's a known so liar. Every, every time he has yes. to go to court, it's like, this. Yes. just so you know he's on the list. He's like, he, no, he Steve and I just had, had that. Remember, public? the yes. wouldn't get to it for a it long It should time. be. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, my position is it
1: absolutely is public, because, my God, we'll look at the the case where they overrule, look at the Stackman case, and then whole line yeah. of cases with public records, this criminal rule 16 is coextensive now with the public records act so if something's disclosable under criminal rule 16 then by hmm. extension wouldn't it fly that it would be under public yeah. record
0: uh in theory well it, it, so you get into this weird domain of if if the stuff that you're trying to get Still involves an ongoing investigation or another investigation. I hear this all the time. or like, well, that's another investigation. We can't give it to you. It's like I don't yeah. give a shit. It's still Brady material. It's, we'll yeah, it's, Brady. It it's discovery
1: yeah. or Rule sixteen material. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even if it's not Brady, it's Rule sixteen yeah. material. I should get it. it. Now
0: that doesn't mean I would get it in a public records request, though. So True. You, they could live in a different. Okay,
1: but here's the point with the Brady stuff. It's public employees' personnel files. It's finalized discipline. Yes. Oh, for sure.
0: That that list is that's, that it's, list it's, absolutely. But here's
1: the thing that here and to your point, great question what they told me in columbus is there's about 12 guys on it. one of the legal advisors called me and said look there's about 10 or 12 guys on it." he goes it's not as big a number as you would think it's small and it's shrinking and i go why is that he goes because now we've taken the position if a guy does something bad enough to get on the list he's fired because he's worthless as a cop which is my point Mm -hmm. that's true so what they do is they put him in the property room or on the desk desk yeah. yeah so they can't hurt anything and let him retire but the problem is the number's shrinking now, and they just fire everybody. Right. So it still took them like four months for me to get the list. And, again, it's not a list. They sent me a stack of paper this thick that I have to go through. It's not a list. It's just we don't keep a list. These are the people that are on the list we don't keep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to your point, so and, and, and to your point, if you get if somebody just is like, somehow wrongfully charged. And if anybody doesn't think that happens, well, then you're mistaken. So if they're somehow wrongfully charged and they they don't have a lawyer, they can't afford or they don't even know what to do. They just go plead guilty to something. Like People are convicted all the time like that. It happens all the time. So I just don't have the time to take off work. I can't afford to get a lawyer. I just want to get it over with. And and the smaller the level of the offense, the more likely that happens regularly because it's just you got a cost-benefit analysis. I mean, you're, you're charged with disorderly conduct for getting your ass kicked by cops (laughs) you know you pissed off a if you know
2: your rights and you know the penal codes and you announce them to the officer that's there they do not like that and they will start to find new offensives right away they've got you for one and you've got them dead to right to where you're like nope you're wrong here and they're like okay that you don't think that's going to work this will work i always tell people look
0: don't be a jackass and don't act like you're a law student or a lawyer right. <laughs> at the time you're getting arrested right. it will make and it god worse. forbid if you are
1: that you tell them <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. it's just like i wouldn't and those do YouTube, that
3: either those youtube videos of people like hanging their license mm-hmm. by like oh yeah i know on the that great and all the yeah. stuff i'm just
0: like don't do that <laughs> like you're ass. people for- still think that that's the right thing to do people think that if you just crack it you're drunk as a monkey driving home right. one too many martinis after golf or whatever and you crack your window a half inch and you you just basically stick out the license <laughs> i always ask people it's like what do you think the police think right then? Yeah, right. Do you think that, oh, this is just a guy who's exercising his constitutional rights, or do you think he's being a jackass and he's probably wasted, and I have the right to order him out of the car, so now I'm going to do it? <laughs> right. And I'm yeah. going to
1: do it because I'm going to yeah. say I observed him fumble for his license four times right. and, and, and withdraw right. his library yeah. card, examine yeah. it, replace it. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, It's like they're really shot. pretty observant. They're amazing that way. Then and you know. get a failure to comply with it all, and yeah. Yeah, it just keeps stacking up. Yeah, it you, really does. You
0: have to roll down the window when they tell you. You have to get out of the car when they order you. You just do, right? I hate that crap, too. When it's just, like somebody comes it.
3: in, they clearly were drunk, and then they start in with, well, he told me to roll my window down, but I didn't think I had to. Can I roll my window? Can I keep it up? And I'm just like, this
0: is where we're starting this discussion. Really? No, but can you, can you roll didn't roll have to down? blow in the straw. Yeah. And you did that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You took field sobriety tests, but you wouldn't roll down your damn window. Yeah, right. It's right like, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, man. yeah, Yeah, you're a genius. You're you're, you're
1: you're freaking John Marshall.
0: It's like always, uh, it, it, Jared, we've talked about this. You just play it cool. You just play it cool, man. Play it you cool. Get, you have always over. been Very respectful. Yeah. yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Name of be counter, the game. It'd be yeah. Yeah. Long y- yes sir,
1: there. no, sir? You know, I'd like to do that, but I think I maybe better call my lawyer first. Yeah. I've heard those tests are unreliable. He's always told me that these tests are very unreliable. Yeah. That—that's the line that I was always told yeah. at a CLE, and you know what? It might have been Bill Meeks, God rest his soul, that told me that one was—you know—always say, tell your clients, "No, I can't do that." my lawyer told me those tests are very unreliable yeah. because then when they write that in the report or if it gets in front of the jury, what's yeah, the jury yeah, hearing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. and it's a whole, it's yeah. a brave new world now. I'm getting calls in real time all the time. Yeah. So it's like, a, oh, I've just been pulled over oh, and there's no. a police officer behind me. What should I do? And I was oh, like, well, is no. he standing there at the window listening to you right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, no, 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 he's in his cruiser. I was like, all right. <laughs> now so yeah, so let's let's get get we got to something yeah. Work yeah. to yeah. work on. Let's get yeah. down to business. And it's always the same thing, first and foremost, don't be a jackass yeah don't act like a drunken jackass because then you're gonna be treated like a drunken jackass secondly you do not I repeat you do not have to take field sobriety tests you don't have to do it they can't do anything to you other than arrest you Mm -hmm. and guess what if you're calling me and you've been pulled you're over, going anyway. You're so, going to be arrested yeah. anyway, right? It's you're happening. You're riding. Anyway. You're getting a free ride anyway. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, you said something earlier. I wanted to follow up on. You said that you were a strict, uh, strict constructionist. You followed like on the on the sex offender list, Mike. You were following the rules. Yeah. You didn't want to change it. I, my son, my my fifteen, soon to be sixteen year old son asked me about sanctuary cities and. Hmm. Uh, I guess it turns out that <laughs> yeah. some county, Logan County, just became a sanctuary city for guns. He's like, "What does that mean?" Where was it? You I was talking to Jeff. Who was who was I talking? to? It was to? me. Was that? It was
1: Vinton County. I wrote part of the resolution. No no, 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 no. It
0: was a different. It was a discussion just yesterday. Oh. and they, they were asking it me was how Logan they, how they could do it. It or was Logan. Hawking. It was Hocking Hocking yeah. County, Logan, Ohio, and they were asking yeah. me how they can do it. What is it really? And I was like, "Well, I guess they can't, <laughs> but they are."
1: I'll send you a copy of the resolution I helped author for Vinton County. And really, it's just uh, it, they can. I mean, it's, 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 it's a designation. It's like saying, you know, today is National uh, you know, Opium Poppy Day, you, you know, in Columbus or whatever. It's Vinton County saying uh, guns. If you read it, there's a lot of prefatory language about the history and the culture of Vinton County. It's one of the most remote counties in Ohio. It's rural. Um, they barely have, you know, two cops in the entire county on yeah. duty at any one time. Uh, people take care of their own problems there. It's a, and also the tourism aspect of people hunting, camping, shooting down there. that yep. um, basically, it's just a statement: that says we're calling ourselves a sanctuary county. We believe in the Second Amendment. We think all the current laws are good enough. We don't want to see any new, more restrictive laws. We we don't like unconstitutional laws, and uh, we're not gonna, and we're going to abide our oath of office. I mean, it's basically just a statement of. Uh, It doesn't have any legal force, I mean, really. What is this? So that is different
0: than than saying like San Francisco says or some city says we're a sanctuary city for unlawful Illegal aliens. Yeah. We're not going to enforce So them. We ICE literally can't are come.
1: Getting, yeah, ICE can't come to our jail and talk. No, it's nothing like that. Not so Sayada
3: Post said, what does it mean to be a gun sanctuary county? It's a county that has adopted laws or resolutions to prohibit or impede the enforcement of certain gun control measures, such as universal gun background checks, high-capacity magazine bans, Assault weapon ban,
0: red flag laws, etc. So they're just saying we don't support those proposed changes. Yes, yeah. yes. no Correct. right the, to That's it all pretty bark. much what it is. Yeah. I wrote,
1: I wrote it up it, with some language that said they direct county employees to not expend funds on certain activities or anti-gun or perceived as anti-gun. They omitted that language and made it more of a general mm. statement. And that's yeah, what you got a quote said. in here too. It says Loggy you Road. can
3: take. My gun from my My cold, dead hand. Oh, my God. My hand. My my cold, dead, my one hand.
1: (laughs) Cool hand (laughs) Luke. He just uses one hand.
0: The strong hand. The strong hand. The strong hand, yeah. No, so you've been pretty active in the gun stuff, though. I have. In a a sort of strict constructionist way. Now, this is what I always... Like, people talk about the fundamental strict construction. There's one thing I hate about when I hear the Constitution. Well, it's a fungible document, and we can just change it as we go, and... And stuff happens. What's your so? Tell us what the strict constructionist policy, or or, or what do you guys think about that? To,
1: to me, I mean, to me, it's pretty simple. Basically, that as commonly used in the language of the, you know, 18th century at the time it was written, um, what did the words that they used mean to them when they put them in the Constitution? What was their intent in drafting them, and the structure and the the the. The denotative wording or connotative, denotative, you know, definition of those words, what they mean at the time, and so when they talk about arms, for example, in the Second Amendment, right to keep and bear arms, it doesn't say firearms. I mean, people still carried edged weapons pretty extensively. I mean, they carried cavalry sabers and and cutlasses, and well into the twentieth century, after World War One, even the Navy did, you know, as boarding parties, and so arms would be any kind of arm. Um, Does that mean that Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I I think there are some restrictions you can have, shall not be infringed. I I think, you know, clearly that light infantry weaponry that was in use at the Revolutionary War, the equivalent state of the art in the 21st century would be an AR-15. And I think individual citizens have a right to possess that. And I think that that's entirely consistent um, with the case law and, the you know, the Second Amendment.
0: How how does one in your, with with that position square like machine guns and- well
1: personally i'm a bit of a second amendment absolutist and strict constructionist so i'd say that people could own machine guns Gotcha. does it personally from a public policy standpoint give me heartburn to say that people got to get tax stamps and form fours to, to own them now that doesn't really bother me that much and i personally have chosen not to involve myself in those government
0: lists so there's a difference between having the ability to procure one and Creating government red tape or policies and reasonable the, and, restrictions, and restrictions yeah. to get it.
1: I, I think that, that we all have to admit that no rights are absolute, right? Yeah. I mean, they're God given rights. They pre exist the Constitution, but they're the contours of them. Probably we aren't allowed to own tactical nuclear weapons or build them in our bedroom. I mean, the Constitution's not a suicide pact, right? Who wrote yeah. that?
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know.
1: Somebody smart. Somebody smart. smarter than me.
3: Somebody yeah. with a. Oliver with a, Wendell a, Holmes, yeah. maybe. With a flamboyant. We reread the list of things you couldn't, like, can't have a tank.
1: Yeah, well, well, you can have, have a tank. Actually, no, you, can you can have a, a tank weapon. Yeah, you can. And you can actually with, with the right you can get a destructive devices uh permit under federal law with a two hundred dollar tax stamp and you can own like an anti-tank weapon. What
0: is the like a man
1: pad, and a man portable? I mean, you gotta do
2: this oh. same kind of thing with a suppression, right? Like a silencer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. right. 200 bucks. Yeah. 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 Absolutely.
1: Short barrel have have rifles, have, short barrel shotguns. Don't
0: you have to have county I mean, what is the sheriff's role in approving like a machine gun? Okay, and great how does question. That work?
1: All right. So you got the NFA, the National, the National Firearms, Firearms Act. Act. Yep. Yeah. NFA, National Firearms Act passed in nineteen thirty-four, height of the Depression, right, and the gangster era, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. So if you look in the 1920s Sears catalogs, you will see ads for the Tommy gun, which was actually developed right at the end of World War II, or World War One, rather. They developed it for the war, and then it came out so late it didn't deploy into the 20s, so they advertised it as a varmint rifle in the, hmm. uh, you know, shot, yeah, 40 45, 45 ACP, Forty- yeah. 45 Colt, man. So uh, by 34, there have been enough gangland shootings. They wanted to, to cut the knees off of it. So the power to tax is the power to destroy, right? Mm-hmm. So they passed the National Firearms Act and said, if you want to own this gangster stuff, i.e., sh- sawed-off shotguns, sawed-off rifles, machine guns, silencers, so-called silencers, well, suppressors. Boy. You can get a federal tax stamp. You just got to pay two hundred dollars for it, and give us your fingerprints and register with us. Yeah, right. So,
3: anti-tank rifle for ninety. Did you fact-check me and find right it? Here. Yeah. yeah, never before, never again. Anti-tank rifle. I feel like I
2: need one of those now. You know, now you're, out, you're out. in Lake County. I live in South, G- I'm in but no. G- You're out in Hartford. Hartford's and, and in Lake County. In yeah, yeah. I I'm, some time. I'm out in Johnstown.
1: Okay, sure. And uh, right, huh. you know
2: you know Swapper's in. You know Swapper's, oh, swapper's but, Day. Yeah, you, I know what know it swappers. is. I've not been, but I yeah, my buddies all go. And uh I, I went not this guy. Now he had a I don't know if you call it RPG. Now it wasn't it was not armed or anything like that, but right. he had a couple of them for the sale. Goes over you you know, were shoulder. They, inert? they yeah. were, were they were they were inert yes. or deactivated. Yeah, they're yeah. deactivated. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But you know, I mean, I remember I kind of just looked at all of his pile of guns that he had and then I'm like, is that like what is that over there is that a bazooka what's going on here and just, you know
1: I have a buddy who's a World War II reenactor who's a really cool guy he's our age and he uh, he's got a Willie's Jeep completely restored yeah, that's awesome olive drab he's got the machine gun mount this is like a 1944 model he's got a 30 cal full auto with the federal tax stamp so it can actually fire mm. and he does reenactments yeah mm. and- so he
0: has got it in his possession in his garage. In his garage. I fondled it. Now what is the what is the sheriff's role in making, because I, as I understand it you have to go file for approval. Excellent question.
1: Okay so how this works is it's it's not really approval hmm. as much as it's you're obtaining a federal tax stamp from the ir from the Treasury Department which allows you to possess these these specific serial numbered controlled items. You have to do that paperwork that you can get what's called a Clio certificate cheap law enforcement officer certificate and that can be a sheriff. And who is a chief law enforcement officer? At at one time, the ATF defined in regulation is the sheriff, the police chief of the political subdivision, the sheriff of the county or equivalent officer, a prosecuting attorney, hmm. or even a judge of general jurisdiction.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yes.
1: And so of criminal jurisdiction. So at one time in this county for you. So they were basically signing a paper discretionarily. It was a discretionary signature. They didn't have to do it. But it was supposed to just signify not that they approved of you having this item, but that they knew of no local statutes or laws that would mm-hmm. prohibit Steve Palmer from possessing this item. That's all it was. Well, politically, a lot of these sheriffs and prosecutors and chiefs in bigger jurisdictions got political and decided they were anti gun and didn't want to let people have those kind of items. But I am aware that there were some judges in the courthouse at the time. I know of a retired common pleas judge who at the time, my friend, who's the reenactor, needed to get a Clio certificate to get this 30 cal. And he was a reenactor, and he had heard a certain judge was gun friendly. And this Mm. judge had a lot of common sense. You would all know him if I said his name, one of the best judges in that courthouse. And he uh, made an appointment with him, wrote him a letter and made an appointment, came down to see him. The judge wanted to interview him first and meet him. He met him for about 15 minutes, and he said, well, Thanks for coming in. Um, here you go. He signed his thing. It said, wow. "I, you know, have a good time." He goes, "I think everybody's got a constitutional right to own a machine gun," oh. and and uh, and then he left. There you go. And wow. uh, yeah, so that's the Clio certificate. Now they're doing it. Now it's a notification where they no longer have to sign. It's literally you fill out the form and it's sent to the Clio, so they're notified. So now you don't have the political aspect of them not knowing, but the trade-off is the ATF now requires that trusts. And corporate entities give up an individual responsible person, whereas before you could avoid mm-hmm. the individual registration.
2: Somebody's got to sign up. Somebody's yeah, somebody's
1: got to put their name. Yeah, you know, they want somebody's fingerprints when yeah, you get yeah. a machine gun. Now we're Personal talking. Guarantee. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's, dude, that's exactly what it is.
0: And we're talking about pre-existing machine guns though right because creating new machine guns is a whole new mess of its own
1: excellent question so in 1986 remember ronald reagan you know a guy that i thought and was a joke when i was a young kid in the 80s and then i've come to realize he's one of the best presidents we've had in the last hundred years right so i liked reagan in a lot of ways and reagan passed something called the firearm owners protection act which ironically Banned private citizens from obtaining post eighty six fully automatic mm. weapons. So basically, everything it like froze everything that was legal in the National Firearms Transfer Registry in nineteen eighty six, and that's the limited and shrinking pool of tra- what we call transferable machine guns, if you will, or guns that-
0: stuff that can be booked and yes. transferred. Yeah,
1: that's right. And so, like for example, I was talking to a gun dealer, Derek DeBross, and I were. We're teaching a gun law class at Capitol, or I'm helping him. He's teaching it. I'm subbing for him and helping him out with it. We went to the range the other night and took nine law students up to LEPD and shot oh, with awesome. them. Yeah. Hmm. And We shot an MP5, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Got these kids oh. to shoot MP5 in full auto. I mean, yeah. Every, every one of them. There were some young ladies there. Everybody did it. Nobody begged off. Everybody oh. was there to play. It was fun. But what the owner said is, like, a transferable AR-15... Is worth twenty five to thirty thousand dollars right now. Okay, so or an M sixteen, uh, excuse me, need, a pre eighty six M sixteen is that's transferable. Okay, or an auto sear, a drop in part is worth fifteen thousand dollars. <throat> okay, that you can drop into one that's semi automatic, and yet is to that buy stamped? a new one, there's seven hundred dollars.
0: Is the is the is the part that makes it automatic? Is that stamped and numbered as a sear
1: the sear the auto sear? Yeah. Um, The auto sear, if you buy a transferable auto sear, then yes, it's stamped and numbered. If it's a sear that's in the the machine gun already, then the receiver would be
0: registered and probably not the sear. Gotcha. Interesting stuff. Yep, there it is. That's it right there in the middle. Oh, the Willys. Yeah, the Willys. All right, so we're looking at a Jeep Willys. Those are pretty cool. Oh, they're
1: just the coolest thing ever. I grew up in Toledo, and that's where they made them. Is
3: his all decked out like that, green? Yeah, absolutely. OD yeah.
1: green with all the proper markings right down to the unit numbers, of the big red one or whatever, the 1st Infantry Man, Division. Look at that
0: thing mounted on there. Yeah, that, that's, that's The one we're looking count. at You almost probably, feel like that thing would knock it over. The one we're yeah. looking at probably looks better than it did originally. Oh, I guarantee. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's restored. That's yeah. like a model. Correct, and that's yeah. what
1: my friends looks like, is like that. It's that's just absolutely amazing. beautiful, right? Just a cool—
0: Cool. All right. Well, vehicle. I mean, I know you got to get somewhere by noon. You got some more time. I here? Hey,
1: if you want to talk guns, I could blow those <sighs> guys off guns. for a few minutes. So you know, <laughs> I'm just going to go eat a rubber
0: chicken bad meal for uh, some board meeting. I hear you. As I as I have been preparing for this this case to argue, uh, I've, I've learned a lot of the history and how the Second Amendment came to be, and I just want to get your thoughts on this because this is the age old debate: is it uh, before the comma or after the comma? <laughs> you read the Second Amendment, yeah. Um, and it talks about uh, they recognize the a well-regulated militia, militia being
1: necessary to the security of a free state. comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be in shall fringe. not be infringed.
0: <laughs> so it's like uh, you know if you read Justice Scalia and D.C. versus Heller, it talks about like the prefatory clause and then the actual what's what's he called the the, the, the pre- operative, operative clause. clause the operatory
1: clause yeah, yeah and it's uh, uh, opera
0: opera So what's your take on that? What's the, what's the, just give us the Reader's Digest version of why, when it says the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, that operates separately than the, uh, than the militia.
1: You think Mike Moran's got a Reader's Digest version
0: of anything, dude? Well, let's Why don't we just take the Hornbook edition? All right. Hornbook. The Hornbook. Um
1: I got to see that Heller case argued because I wrote an amicus brief for, for six organizations or co-wrote an amicus brief with two other lawyers for, for the Heller case. So the Heller
0: case was what, 2008? 2000, 2008. You it was were, when
1: it was handed up, yeah, or down. Yeah. And you
0: were out there for the oral arguments in the Supreme Court.
1: March 17th of 2008, I'm there for business, and I get together with one of my college friends from Marietta, and we go out on St. Patrick's Day and get ruined, right, at my, my hotel. And I wake up with the worst hangover I've had in years because I don't drink anymore. I was drinking like I was back in the 80s with my friend. Got up, took a taxi downtown to D.C., got to the Supreme Court at like 5.30 in the morning or 6 in the morning to get in line to watch that case argued. And as Supreme Court, you're a member of the Bar of the Supreme Court, yes? Yeah. So we get, as a member of the Bar of the Supreme Court, you get two privileges. You can use the law library at the Supreme Court anytime you want, anytime it's open, one, and two. You can get preferential seating in any oral argument any time based on uh, the order you get there. So the first lawyer, yeah. That, so I, I showed up, and I was number 32 in the line and stood mm-hmm. in line. And they had 60 seats set up, and they ended up sitting up like another dozen. So they put 72 lawyers that weren't even involved in the case. Mm. And it was without question. I knew the clerk of the Supreme Court at the time, General um, Suter, not to be confused with Souter, the Justice, Supreme Court right? Justice. This yeah. is a different guy, spelled differently. He was a retired Army assistant, Jag, a real nice man from uh, Dayton, Ohio. Played basketball at Dayton, Dunbar. And I got to see General Souter, and he knew me because I knew him. And we were I was dying, and he let me go to the men's room. He's like, who wants to go to the men's room? And like 10 of us raise our hands because we're standing outside in the cold, freezing yeah, weather yeah. in March in yeah. D.C. Yeah. We're like, oh, he lets us in a side door. We go to the men's room. We had to stand in line for like two hours. Hour and a half. Then we got inside. We had to screen for security. Then they brought us upstairs to the chambers where we were going to argue or watch the arguments. We got to go in before the public. We had to screen again, as did all the public. It was the highest security, as you can imagine, they'd probably had in 30 years for an oral argument, right? Mm. It's yeah. The gun case. It's a gun case. It's the DC yeah, yeah. gun case. So yeah. I got to sit in the well of the Supreme Court and make eye contact with Chief Justice Ringquist. Who I was never overly a fan of his jurisprudence, but I think he was an a- able leader of the court, and uh, he gave me the eye contact and the head nod, like he knew me, like hey, saw you at the bar association meeting, kind of nod, and it was funny because it's like I've never met this guy before. <laughs> it was like going to a rock concert. I remember when I went to the Rolling Stones in '97 in the shoe, and you know, I was ten rows back from Mick Jagger when he jumped down into the crowd, and you know, I got that vicariously. Trill right,, yeah, you know, yeah. look, I'm talking to Chief Justice Riquist telepathically and saying the force is strong here, yeah, do right. And, uh, yeah, it was really interesting to get and watch a case that you've, you've talked so much about and mentally masturbated and written, you know, this multi-page brief with two other guys that are super smart, backed up by dozens of researchers and volunteers that helped us on this case that I don't even know their names, you know.
0: What's, a, what's an amicus brief or amicus brief? Tell us what Friend
1: that of the court. So an amicus brief is a friend of the court, and that's where a non-party to a, usually an appeals case intervenes in the case by filing a brief for the judge's attention to direct them to points of law or policy that they might otherwise overlooked or aren't adequately briefed by the parties themselves.
0: But in, in practice, it does that. And it also shows that there's support behind the issue. Absolutely. That yeah, yeah. It's issue advocacy. It's a yeah. form
1: of, of public policy issue ad- advocacy that's grown. And don't quote me on this, but to my recollection, the Heller case generated more yeah, briefs say, yeah. than any other case hmm. in the 20 or 21st century. There was and as wow. far I think in recorded history, no other case ever generated as many Amicus briefs. Yeah. Yeah. And for it, sure.
0: The opinion when you read it is really sort of it's written Scalia was you, you like him or hate him. He had he had an awesome writing style. You know, it's like his his prose yeah. his prose was 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 very very Right Easy to read, but also artistic and, and somewhat it, it, like it was as a hat tip to history. At the same time, you could read it in modern language.
1: And Renquist almost had to give it to Scalia because of Scalia's history. It's oh. I mean, it was it's a perfect no writer for that opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was ideal. But you know, he talks about the prefatory clause and he talks about the, oh, the, 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 operative. the operative clause and uh, how he dissected that and and distinguished it in his opinion. Uh, he just laid it out so logically, so historically, and with common sense that it really does. Uh, you, you come out of that, even if you didn't believe it, you come out of it like, well, he's got a point. You know, it's like you, that, that that we do have an individual right to bear arms, and it preexisted. Any militia, it preexisted our country, it preexisted. Uh, it's just part of human existence that our framers believed in. and And he takes it all the way back even across the pond in, in, in history to the English Bill of Rights and before, um, really sort of a great read. Anybody who is anti-guns, you should read Heller. If you are pro-gun, you should mm-hmm. read Heller. If you just are curious about guns, you should go read Heller because it For is sure. about as uh, – it, it almost reads like a, like you like you got a treatise here on the desk. It almost reads like a treatise on, on gun history and gun rights and, and, and constitutional rights, sort of interesting stuff.
1: For sure. I mean, yeah, the the thing I like about Heller, I think my favorite phrase in there is something along this, the lines of this. He says the handgun is the quintessential American defensive weapon or something yeah, along that, that is, line. Yeah. He talks about dialing 911 while you're holding a sale on a bay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, oh,
1: know. no, and that's my brief. They called it. So like all the groups of people that were the advocates for the pro rights side, we got together and coordinated a little bit and said, OK, they don't want to read 100 briefs that say the same thing. So everyone's going to take a little bite of this elephant. And I was assigned to work on what they called the failed state brief, a.k.a. the 911 brief, not dial 911 and die. So that's that's the brief I wrote was on behalf of Buckeye Firearms Foundation, um, the National Council of Investigations and Security Services the Ohio Association of Security Services, the Michigan Association of PIs, the Indiana Association of PIs, the Kentucky Association of PIs. We weighed in and basically dissected the history of incompetence of the DC Metro Police, including prosecution of armed security people for carrying guns wrongly. And took that apart, basically said when the government fails, and it's a failed state, which D.C. is, where literally you dial 911 and you can be on hold for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And when you say you can't have guns, you can't have handguns, you can't have long guns, except unless they're registered and they're unloaded and locked two different places. Um, when you do that, you disarm your populace, and when you lock up the security people that the populace hires to protect right. their businesses and investigate the crimes, that the yeah. boobs in charge of doing it in Marion Barry's administration and going back further, you know when you do that, and then on top of that, you immunize the government from all forms of liability for emergency response, and say you can't sue the government, and that's the Talia Farrow case from '77, where some thugs invaded a rooming house and held some women kidnapped and raped them with women and children and the cops were called and they came and looked around and drove away and then they, someone called and they came back, knocked on the door, oh, nobody answers, they left again and these women were terrorized and and that's a case out of D.C. where they said, oh, sorry, the government has no liability no to protect us yeah. and that went up to the court of appeals and everything. So our argument in the brief was the failed state that when you do those things, then it has to be a constitutional violation to disarm the populace. That if we can't even defend ourselves when the cops aren't there and we can't sue them for not being there, that was our argument in our amicus brief, our friend of the court brief. And we know the justices read it. Uh, we know it was talked about. It was not mentioned, I don't think, in, in, in the opinion, but we know or feel that it had some
0: influence. Sure. What was – did you guys have a thought going in what the vote was going to be? How up in the air really was it? And, uh, you know, I – I, I, I didn't follow I, – while well, I was a lawyer at this time and I was uh, into whatever, I mean, I didn't follow this decision or I wasn't uh, just sort of – didn't have my finger on the pulse, I guess.
1: Well, and and I, again, was kind of a small player in a big drama, right? I mean, I, I didn't get to orally argue it. I got to write one of 100 briefs that were filed or 120 briefs that were – you know, I wrote part of 120 briefs that were filed. I got to go and oral argue – that or watch the oral argue. That was pretty cool. Um It was so interesting to be in the room with these people that we know their bios, we've read their opinions, they're like our rock stars Mm -hmm, in our pathetic way as lawyers, Mm -hmm. and and to see them in person and breathe their air at the same time was really interesting, right, and to see the interaction between them even on the superficial level of that formal setting was really a privilege and an honor to get to do. Um, we were handicapping it that it was going to be a 4-4 vote and someone was going to have to peel off. I think it was it Kennedy that was that fifth vote. It was Kennedy, you know, the swing. You know, mm-hmm. It was the swing, and, you know, we needed to get Kennedy. And, you know, you looked at the advocates. That was interesting. Reading the bios of the guys, I mean, um, God, the kid that argued for, uh, oh, I'm going fr- to, Alan, or not Alan, Alan Gura. Alan Gura argued the case for Mr. Heller, for Dick Anthony Heller, who I met that day. Um Yeah, I met Heller. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, I got a picture of myself on the front stoop of the Supreme Court, walking out after the oral argument. Met Dick Anthony Heller. Um, It was really, really interesting to see the different styles of lawyers. Paul Clement was the Solicitor General of the United States. They call that guy the 10th Justice, right? Um, His argument was pathetic. I thought I was not impressed with his advocacy. Allen was unsure. I do not recall the name of the the guy that was arguing. There was one other There was one other advocate there arguing for the government side, arguing for the district. It was Paul Clement, another guy, and then Gura argued for, for Heller. And, and Allen did a pretty good job. I mean, he did an adequate job. He did a masterful job. At the end of the day, he was like yeah. a 30-some-year-old lawyer at the time. I mean, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah.
2: Now, for <laughs> listeners that don't know the Heller case, is there any way you can break it down to them yeah, as you're, shortly you're, as, as possible?
0: The, the short of it is D.C. banned guns. <laughs> they banned handguns, and if you had a long gun and had to have trigger locks and all sorts of other stuff— and uh, Heller, I believe, was a security guard that needed yes. to uh, that, that challenged the law because he wanted to be able to take his gun, uh, use it at work, and then take it at home and store it at home. And you couldn't do it uh, either. It was almost impossible to do it, or you uh, it was just flat out against the law. And they challenged the law and the constitutionality. So before Heller, the case was back in the 30s, probably challenging the National Firearms Act or having in the wake of that. And it was called Miller Smith. And uh, it, there was a question mark about whether a, the right to bear arms is a, was an individual right, meaning you just have it. You possess it just like you have a right of freedom of speech. Um, or is it some collective right that is tied to being a part of a militia or a group? And uh, it, it makes a huge difference because if it's an individual right, that means it shall not be infringed. And they can't make a law that strips you of that right. Now, they can regulate it, but... You know, it, it adds a whole lot of constitutional power to it. Now, on the other hand, if you, you take the government's position, they said no, it's a collective right. It's really tied to the militia. Militias are dead letter. Um, we don't really need it anymore. So they basically wanted to make it somewhat defunct. Uh, and you know, th- I think I think the court was ready for this. I mean, they yeah. were they were looking for Helen a case. Miller put like the this. stamp on it because U.S. Yes. Miller nev- U.S.V. Miller never really. They, addressed it in a sense to make it law or a fundamental right. Correct. M-
1: Miller basically just said that Miller can't get out of his conviction for possession of a sawed-off shotgun five years after the National Firearms Act enacted by claiming that somehow that shotgun would be amenable to his service in a militia as a member of the unorganized militia of the United States and presumably the state he was from. Um, and since we have a, a true, back to your point, of the operative versus the preparatory clause, and actually having served in the state militia myself in Ohio, we have a state militia that's not part of the National Guard. So everybody sitting here is part of the unorganized militia. And if you're in the organized militia, that means you're either in the National Guard or the Naval Militia or the Ohio Military Reserve. And I served uh, for about 12 years as an officer in the Ohio Military Reserve. And... Uh, What's interesting is, is that's what you'd call the select militia under the old, uh, at the time of the writing of the Constitution, which is yeah. sort of the handpicked, the king's men, if you will, that the governor says, these are the people I'm going to commission versus the concept of a true citizen militia that the founding fathers thought of, which is all able-bodied men at the time. And, and you know white men you know between people, 18 and, yeah
0: or 16 and 40 or something was yeah the age 17
1: or and under or the Ohio Constitution currently it's 17 to 67 17 to yeah, 67. So 17, age 17 to age 67 you are in between those ages you are considered once you hit 67 you're retirement age so
0: yeah and the argument basically went like this I mean in favor of individual rights that you know Scalia sort of historically documents all the way back in time like look this is understood that you have a right to bear arms. And the only, the issue is not do we have to put it in the Constitution to preserve it. The issue is uh, do we have to put it in the Constitution uh, to deal with the militia in certain ways because they, they didn't like standing armies. They didn't like uh, the federal government to have that much power. And uh, they basically stated, this is why we're putting it in here, not that we're creating this right. We know it exists, it's God-given. It was understood that it exists. And it was understood that it exists for, for reasons that transcend far beyond just a militia, like the right to defend yourself. Not only against assailants or or people attacking you, but also the government. You know, and 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 they were very strong. Uh, they felt very strongly about it. And I did a bunch of uh, original source reading in the last few days, getting ready for this. Nice. And uh, there Northwest is, Ordinance? Yeah, there's did a you lot read the Northwest of Northwest Ordinance, man. I, 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 reading I did, Northwest Origins. I did not read that in preparation for this, but maybe <laughs> I should. But uh, no, I, I went back and studied some of the history and read some of the documents. And and you know, the English Bill of Rights had it. Uh, Magna Carta, Magna Carta. And, <laughs> and what, what is interesting to me is when, as a historian, when you go back and you read contemporaneous or close to contemporaneous descriptions of, of what happened. So like you get to like the early 1800s, and you read some writers then talking about what the framers meant, I think that's going to be a, a far better source than somebody 200 years later you know it's <laughs> agreed like, you know primary
1: that, source material yeah. or, or secondary source material it's contemporaneous it's contemporaneous almost yeah. current events reporting right. or newspaper accounts like yeah. the bible
0: like the bible right. There yeah. You go. yeah no but it's uh there is some contemporaneous or close to contemporaneous uh, uh legal scholars discussing it and, and you know they all they, they all have that same tenor which is we we know we all have a right to bear arms it's sort of understood it is what it is and uh it's not just for the militia uh it's 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 bigger than that, uh, and that's sort of what Heller ended up saying at the end of the day. And that, and they they sort of punted on deciding everything after that. Like this was two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. That was
1: Heller. Yeah, two thousand eight. So it was St. Patrick's Day. I got the hangover, and and the day after I got to get up in the morning and go watch the most important case in my opinion that I'll ever get the privilege to be even touch as a lawyer. Right in my entire career, and I made no money on it. But, hey, That's I got three of history, memories. right? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. but, you know, here's what it is. It's like in, in whether, like I said, whether you're for guns or against guns, whether you're, you know, as, as attorneys, I think it's, we have the ability to sort of step aside, look at the actual, the, the philosophy, what was going on, the arguments back and forth. And it's just, it was a well-argued, well, oh. uh, well-written, I mean, everything about it was just sort of legally, fascinating. I I will say this, that when I turn that
1: brief in, I mean, I think you guys can all relate, every one of you. I mean, you're not a lawyer, but even yourself, if you go back and look at something you wrote five years ago, or you're really proud of something. You put together a paper, or you write a brief, you're really proud of it. Then you put it down, and five years later, you're like, oh, where's that brief? I got to look at that. You look at it and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I turned this in. I can't believe that judge read this. <laughs> yeah. That brief I wrote for Heller still, to me, stands the test of time. So many people worked on it. My mom read the thing over. She's a technical writing professor. She made comments. I mean, so many people helped us on the thing. It was so well-researched. I feel like it stands the test of time. Did so you find
0: any typos in as you Went back.
1: Thank God, I don't think I did because again, we even had a brief writing company go over it. Right, that's yeah. why I didn't make any money because we hired one of those outfits so, yeah. Yeah. to check it. it I'm sure Justice Stevens was very impressed with your brief. Thank you so much. He, he, I like that his decision. Bow tie.
0: irks him to this. I mean, he's dead now, but it, yeah, it irked yeah. him for a while. It he did. said, "Oh, Scalia didn't hold back either." If you read, like he, they have. They go back in the Supreme Court. They always do this. Well, they was it dissenting
1: as long as the. I think it was longer, wasn't I it? I think it, it, it was, was longer. It was at least,
0: a, at least as many pages. Yeah, is like 68 or something. It was, yeah, Scalia's it was
1: 60 something, I yeah. thought. Yeah. yeah.
0: They were taking pot shots at each other. So Scalia's like, well, just. He, well, not even shy. It doesn't even say they no. dissenters. He's yeah. like, well, Stevens would have said this, but yeah, he has yeah. no basis for this. It's nothing short of lunacy. Yeah. Almost words yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, fighting words. Yeah, it was. Well, look, I know you got to get out of here. Uh, I thanks gotta, so much for the
1: uh, opportunity. I, I love talking about guns and gun law. Yeah,
0: we'll I mean, do it again. Yeah, man, we got an appointment tomorrow morning. Still, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, he's got me gonna... on the
1: record on that now. Is that <laughs> wow? I see how you roll. Yeah, no,
0: I'm forcing yeah. it. I'm forcing it. No, we're gonna we're, we're gonna... off the record here though. But on the or air. Off the record. Off the record. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, off, yeah. you know what I mean. yeah. that, that's, that's the like record. a slogan. Yeah.
1: It's a little yeah. slogan. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, but anyway uh, Mike Moran, what uh, people want to reach you for helping your practice? Oh, you yeah, want to sure. give us a shout out?
1: Absolutely. Mike Moran, 614 476 6453. That's 476 Mike. 614 area code and uh, on the email at mr moran at mr moran dot com mr moran no period at mr moran
0: yeah what's uh so if you need some help with a legal issue call him i did how about thank that? you steve yeah, yeah you do how about yeah. that so <laughs> hey
1: the best lawyers know when to, i learned that when to ask for a co-counsel and i also learned when to ask for an expert oh yeah
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's like i've learned i've learned over the years i don't know everything and it's just getting insight from somebody like you who has got the background the experience and the history haven't even written stuff and been there uh it's it's categorically uh crucial to do a good job but anyway uh, i guess the final announcements that we always make lots going on here at 511 studio c uh, you can check us out at channel511.com. Scroll to the bottom, hit the YouTube icon. It'll take you right over to YouTube where you can subscribe, sign up, ring the bell. You will get notice of all the latest and greatest videos coming out. Jared, you got shows happening left and right with comedians on South High. Jay Simon's coming in uh, for Kernels of Truth. Jeff Lynn starting another show with the Fight Guys, Fighters and Food. Is that right? That's right. Fighters and Food. We got a couple in the can already, doing some editing on that. Audio and video coming soon. Uh, And obviously, this is Lawyer Talk. Don't forget your Patreon experience. Keep the content flowing. Ring the bell. Sign up. Do whatever you do to be a Patreon here at Channel 511. Uh, This has been Lawyer Talk off the record on the air with Mike Moran, at least until now.